Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided episode number 48, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals and speeches. For all things spoken audio, it's Audible.com, our sponsor of our program. Head on over to Audible.com after our show this evening. And in the drop-down menu box to the right, enter Life Coach Radio Network to receive a free 30-day trial of audible.com that's audible.com the sponsor of our program here on the life coach radio network and welcome into undivided this is episode number 48 hope after loss with my special guest bronson bro we are live here at 7 p.m on the east coast the date is wednesday june the 19th the year 2019 the disclaimer for tonight's program the views of undivided episode number 48 hope after loss with Bronson Bro, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri, my special guest this evening, the aforementioned Bronson Bro, and may not necessarily represent or be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome in everyone to our show this evening. And we are live, as I said, here just after seven o'clock on the East Coast. And tonight is hope after loss. And as you know, so many times on this show, the show had been planned out for a few weeks, three or four weeks. I myself found myself coming back from a funeral today to do this program for a funeral for a relative. So I dedicate this show this evening to all those who have lost someone, those who are in the stages of grief and loss, and those who have come back from some traumatic event in their lives. So it touches so many people. And tonight's show is dedicated to all of you out there that have dealt with that. Loss and the stages of grief are something that has engaged the human condition, you know, for centuries. The experiences have gripped us all. They affect us all differently. Society tends to take a darker view of it, a more reclusive view, a view more of hopelessness. And we're going to talk about that this evening with Bronson and talk about how there is hope and light and there's some truth and some grace that can come forward in a tragic or traumatic event. You know, the, the shock, the grief, sometimes the anger that can take place are all human emotions that we feel. The fear of the unknown, you know, what's going to happen now, now that, you know, I either lost this uh, relationship with someone or I lost a job or I have a loss of a spouse or a relative, a parent or sibling, the fear of the unknown, maybe some self-blame. We saw that often, you know, following the 9-11 attacks in New York and people that I knew, you know, there was a lot of self-blame going on. Why wasn't I there? Why couldn't I do something about it? There's a lot of guilt and shame, which is hard for humans and you know, different points of their life to deal with. Those are very strong emotions, powerful emotions that are catabolic in nature that hold you down. Uh, people tend to be very down about loss. Some ignore it and move on and never face it. And there's repercussions in life to that approach as well. There's a lot of distress that can, that can occur, excuse me. So we're going to talk about the hope and the change and the peace and the contentment that can come from loss or from a tragic event. 
And who better to do that than my friend and colleague, Bronson Bro, a Cajun from Louisiana, where he joins our program tonight, father of two, met his wife of 18 years studying psychology at Franciscan University of Steubenville. He's a certified professional coach, as am I, with a specialization in life purpose coaching. His goal was to use his gifts and talents to help build up the lives of our clients after some kind of significant injury or loss. He draws upon his experience of being a small business owner for over 17 years and also moving forward in his own personal journey from a traumatic event. He had a cycling injury, which he'll tell us more about, and how that event changed the trajectory of his life. I'm blessed to have him on the program. The audience will love him. Bronson, bro, welcome to Undivided. Thank you. Thank you, Frank, for having me. Um, it is great to be here. You and I have been planning this for some time. Uh, tragedy and loss, uh, loss for me, uh, came as a loss of ability and an ability that, um, I really found identity in, which was my fitness. And I lost it for several months and really, really shook me to my core. So, so I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to talk about it with your listeners. Uh, and share my experience and my viewpoints, and and of course everything I've learned. Absolutely, absolutely. And who better to have on? As I said in the open, we're going to enter the uh, uh, than you, and to share those experiences and to share also uh, different approaches to coaching that I think will help the audience later on in the program. And also, you know, looking for that you know that silver lining. You know, how do we move forward? But then also, how do we see the light in these situations? You know, society tends to see uh, the darkness and the fear. Uh, but there is a lot of light that comes out of, of tragedy. So as we enter the divide segment, the first segment of our program, societal approach to loss is you know, very, very commonly people get down, quote, unquote, uh, then there's others, as I mentioned in the, in the opening to the show, that don't want to talk about it. They want to just move on, quote, unquote, you know. Uh, could you explore the root causes of each of those responses to uh, a loss or a tragic event? Sure, sure. I'd like to open by saying that loss is devastating to anybody. It comes with great shock value. The affliction that comes with that can run very, very deep and definitely shakes us to our core. And in general, the societal view about loss or trauma is not good to feel bad. Okay, so in society, people will do anything to feel good when they feel bad. We just don't want to feel it. And I think that is one of the main reasons why people want to move on so much in a hurry because they think, I don't want to feel this way. This is not something I want to experience. I hate the way this makes me feel. And I think that we'll also do anything to look good in front of others. 
even when we're crumbling inside. We pretend everything is okay because we don't want to show our true feelings. The fear of judgment and rejection may take over. And we fear that our reputation may be at stake. And we, don't, we definitely don't want to jeopardize that. And the ego in all of us always wants attention, respect, and admiration from other people. So how can someone ever have empathy for another when I personally refuse to recognize or accept the typical feelings or circumstances associated with loss of tragedy? How can I do that? How can I ever empathize with anyone else when I refuse to see it in myself? What are your thoughts, Frank? That's true. Um, When you tend to not face something, whether it is a traumatic situation, an accident, um, uh, and maybe a, a sudden loss, a sudden death of someone that you know, I know people that have gone through situations where, where others have taken their own lives around them, and they question, well, what can I do? What could I have done differently to prevent it? And then it's okay. I don't want to talk about that anymore. And, you know, not exploring those emotions and not letting yourself go through, you know, the grieving process properly. And then on the other side of that, you know, the chain reaction of, of effects, which I'm going to get to in a second, that can happen generally if, if you don't go through the steps properly tend to, to just bring you further down a rabbit hole, so to speak. Uh, it, it's one of those things where we in society have to, in, in general, have to change the way that we approach those situations. You know, in the, in the last show two weeks ago, uh, the stigma of addiction with Paul Silva, Paul was saying that like the fact that we don't have basic empathy for another person is a root cause yes. for a lot of the shame and the guilt, right. That goes on with addiction because we don't have basic empathy or compassion for other people. And that's, I think at the root of this, which we'll explore, that's the big miss here. And that's the common theme between episode 47 and tonight's episode as well. Uh, which is kind of interesting. And so trauma can, can usually lead to a chain reaction of other decisions. Uh, my mom used to call them poor life decisions, poor life choices that some people made, circumstances you know, that tend to bring further despair. So I want to ask you why in your experience, you know, coaching people and dealing with people that have these situations, why does that happen? You know, why did, why does the trauma then lead to this other chain reaction of events that just brings yeah, you further you. away from that? Yeah, so the so the stress and burden that comes along with loss and trauma, um it it definitely lead, leads to a ton of unwanted circumstances and undesirable decisions. So with each passing day we are often presented with other new stresses and challenges at work, family, and of course with ourselves. So it's much easier and less painful to put all of these emotions aside than to face them head on. 
I'm just going to deal with that later. And it's, it's almost like carrying a 50-pound backpack all the time. You know, we carry these burdens with us. And then as, as each new day approaches, I just continue to stockpile them on my back, continue to stockpile them in my life, and just say I'm going to deal with them later. And like in the previous discussion, we've said that we don't want to talk about it and we just move on from them. So, and, and it's very difficult to sustain this type of behavior, right? We can avoid it in the short term, but sooner or later, it's like falling dominoes, like you said. It'll just lead to other decisions and circumstances that are just completely out of our control at that time. So how can we ever move forward when I've held on to so many hardships along the way? It just makes it so, exactly. so difficult. Exactly. I know so many people that they're living in the past. And one of the fundamentals that we've talked about on this series in, in prior episodes is, you know, the, the focus of coaching being present and future directed, you know, a a lot lot of therapy, uh, therapeutic approaches and, you know, psychiatry, psychology, not to take anything away from what they do. It's just the different disciplines. They want to go backwards all the time and look backwards. Want to be focused on the present and the future and looking at what those, you know, avenues allow, you know, there's nothing that we can do about, about that. There's nothing we can do about what happened already. But what can we do as Paul and I talked about two weeks ago, you know, what can we do from today forward? Um, you know, coming to grips with that, admitting that you're hurting inside. Um, you know, in America, a lot of people want to feel strong. We've talked about the macho man on multiple shows and yeah. people feel that, you know, admitting that hurt is like a weakness, right? So whether they turn it in or out, you know, that's going to happen. And then before you know it, like you said, there's this small thing becomes, let's say it's like a scrape, you know, talk about. Yeah. It it, it becomes, it becomes something we can't even, we can't even comprehend. It's become larger than, than, than the original loss or tragedy. You know, because I've stockpiled so many things from my past that have been undealt with, you know, and it just leads to further trauma, you know, and And further affliction. And the societal view that, oh, I can't admit that, you know, because I don't want to look weak in front of other people. Yeah, Um, my reputation is at stake. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, my reputation is at stake. Yeah. And, you know, carrying around that baggage is is a weight that just holds you down from, you know, advancing anywhere in your life, whether it's your career, your, you know, spiritual connection, and all that we're going to delve into in a moment. We have to pause briefly because we're 15 minutes in. It's 7.15 here on the East Coast. It goes by fast. Um, Undivided episode 48, Hope After Loss, will be back after just a moment. But first, a upcoming show promotion for you here on the Networks of Life Coach Radio. Replenish me, replenish me. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. 
new episode comes your way Wednesday, June the 12th. That's one week from tonight, live at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's over on the Life Coach chat channel. Some of her episodes are on the radio network. This one's going to be on, on the chat channel, so check their website for more information on that particular episode. It's Replenish Me, long-running series here on the network. Uh, Cordelia Gaffar is the host. You remember she came on this program um, and was a wonderful guest uh, before Wednesday, June the 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern on Life Coach Chat Channel. And Audible.com is the sponsor of our program, and let's raise some money tonight. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate in your local community or Google the poorest zip code in your state and Google to those and donate, excuse me, to those who are most in need in your state or in your region. What a great idea. Welcome back here to Undivided, Episode 48, Hope After Loss. Frank Jimmy, your host, Bronson Bro, our special guest this evening. It's so wonderful to have him on. What a blessing. Um, so we were talking about the baggage in that week, the physical and emotional aspects of loss. You know, that has an impact on people, too, especially those, as we were talking about prior to the 15-minute stop, people that are not in the right place, let's say, mentally or emotionally. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Yes. So, you know, we, we've kind of talked about, like, what's happening to the person, but the loss and trauma can take a toll on our whole being. The physical burden can lead to a number of things, loss of sleep, a loss of appetite, elevated stress and tension in the body, loss of motivation, and it doesn't stop here either. So the emotional aspects of trauma can cause irritability, relationship and family issues, and let's not forget the inner turmoil that that can sometimes be so unbearable for someone, they continue to avoid these emotions and the feelings brought on by the trauma. So in essence, those people who are suffering from this, they're always teeter-tottering between hope and despair. And it's a very, very fragile state of being. And it continues to change everything around us, the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, especially the way we interact. So how long before the burden from the physical and mental stress will make them a martyr? Yes, that's... um... That's the critical question, and I've watched people uh, toe that line, so to speak, uh, almost like walking a tightrope between those two places, and some days they're riding the wave of hope and and everything. You talk about you know anabolic energy and catabolic energy, and everything's hunky-dory, and then other days they're down in the dumps, so to speak, or they're not in the right place. Uh, mentally or or physically they don't feel well, you know, I didn't sleep last night or I haven't eaten in three days or whatever it is. 
And these people oftentimes when, and there are listeners out there that I'm sure have either suffered through this or are currently suffering through this. And, you know, Bronson and I are here to, to share with you this evening that it's okay, but you got to talk to someone about it. You know, sometimes all, all you need to do is to remove some of that burden and that volatility that can happen. You know, I've seen that where somebody will be very nice to me one moment and then snap at me the next. There's a volatility that takes place, you know, when their emotions and when their mental, you know, uh, situation is not in the right way, not in the right frame of mind, let's say. And then society, as I mentioned in the open, they position it in such a hopeless way, you know, and that becomes accelerated, you know, because they're, they're already, as I've talked about, and I'm doing a, a show about it in August, the fear machine, the media fear machine. There's already a hopelessness that goes on with, with the media. And there's already a, a hopelessness that is, you know, kind of pervasive in society as we've become increasingly secular and we've stripped God out of almost everything, which is a whole other thing that we will get into on this show. So society is already positioned to hopelessness around it, and it only gets accelerated. How do we combat that trend? Yeah, so many times, more often than not, the trauma and the loss comes at a tragic, as a tragic surprise. And it catches us completely off guard. And this is why hopelessness goes into overdrive. Combating, the, combating this trend starts with where we are and the, stir, and the circumstance we're in. By allowing ourselves to feel all these emotions involved, surrounding ourselves to the people that love us, and more importantly, allowing ourselves to, to surrender to the process of loss and tragedy and all of the things that come with it. One baby step at a time, the process becomes more manageable. And it's a lengthy process, right? It takes time, patience, and strength. And how does someone prepare for an event? That shakes us to our core. Most often not, we really can't prepare. And I think that's what definitely brings upon this hopelessness because it comes at such a surprise. What are your it thoughts, does. Frank? It's almost like, it, it's almost like that, um, that ambush, you know, in combat, that sneak attack or the sucker punch in a, in a fight, you know, you don't expect it. And then all of a sudden it's, it's in your face. It's now it's something that you have to deal with. And in the, the second uh, part of the segment of, of the show, the bridging the divide segment, I'm going to touch on some crisis intervention because there, there's a big component around loss or situations of loss, whether it's loss of a job 
someone, you know, maybe a divorce or, or an actual loss of a spouse, um, there are ways to, to intervene there because when people are in crisis mode, they tend to be more accepting uh, of help and, and there might be an avenue there to do so. But I think that there is a, a, a general hopelessness that, that pervades that. And I found that in people, you know, the common theme is either they have no connection spiritually to God or they found their spiritual connection shaken as well. I know people then that have said, well, you know, how could God allow something like this to happen? And we've heard that often. You yes. know, how, mm-hmm. how could God allow this car accident, right? How could a loving yeah. God allow, you know, something like this to happen? And then there's the, the conversation about, you know, free will and uh, being open and surrendering to, you know, God's plan uh, for your life. And, and I see so many people that without that, there's no anchor. Then there's the loneliness, you know, as I mentioned in the open, people going numb, as you had mentioned, you know, I don't want to feel this way. No one wants to feel bad. So I go numb to it. Right. Or the yeah. disbelief, you know, oh, I don't yeah. want to accept mm-hmm. that that happens. What are your thoughts on, on those three emotions? Cause they're big before we get to the bridge you know, we've got to cover this in the divine. That loneliness, being numb, the disbelief, those the anger, some of those things that go along with it. Yeah, so this goes back to what we talked about earlier. And it's about not being true to yourself. In particular, the circumstance in this traumatizing time. And I believe that loneliness and the numbness and the disbelief are all connected to what I'd like to call the imposter we show other people. And I want to tell you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is we're putting on a front and we're putting on a disguise for other people to see. And I believe we're so immersed immersed in emotions, we remain conflicted about dealing with them and we almost become numb to the tragedy of it. We try to turn these emotions off And in shock, the imposter takes control, and of course, under its spell, we are unable to connect deeply to other people who are close to us and and even ourselves. So my question here is, where can I begin to feel some real connection to my circumstance of loss and tragedy and to other people? Yes, connection is so important. It's crucial, uh, especially, and thank you for that answer, and especially in combating. I I said to someone the other day, it sounds to me like you're under attack. Uh, I really felt like the devil was attacking this person. And the devil is real. We've talked about that on the show. It's Mm -hmm. been a while since we have. But but the devil is real and he's out there. People like to think of it as this whimsical thing or something that they read about or see in a horror movie. But but the devil is out there and it's a real situation. And it, it just seemed to me there were so many things happening to this person at one time that you almost couldn't believe it. And the person is a, is a, a, a person of faith. 
So they were saying to me, oh, you know, I've prayed now more than ever before, but I've never felt so alone. And, and there's some of that despair that goes into, you know, the situation. And so you just have to keep plugging away, you know, at this. And you have to to not lose that because that is going to be your rock to get you through what's going on. But I do believe that that happens in, and especially in times of loss, it's almost like the the kick you when you're down scenario uh, that, you know, the evil one says, well, I'm really going to turn up the heat on this person, especially if he knows that, you know, that person's still trying to do the right thing by, by praying and staying closer to, you know, their faith. And, and, but that increases and amplifies at points, the loneliness. So I was encouraging this person to talk to me, uh, another friend that we have that's in common, you know, talk to us about it. Don't just internalize because that's, that's not going to serve, you know, you or, or anyone else that relies upon you, you know, and your family, the situation that he's in, you know, it's not going to serve them either, you know, and and that's an important, you know, attribute to uh, to look at here as well. As we go from the divide to our next segment in a moment, and we're at 729 here on the East Coast, uh, we're going to open the phone lines at 730 as well. So if you have any questions or comments or you want to share an account, uh, you can. Uh, but there's a a place locally here in New Jersey called Steffi's Place, and it was named for a woman that died uh, tragically of cancer. And it's a place where people can go and get resources for help. So whether it's counseling, whether it's help with finding a job, whether it's uh, help for uh, uh, children with daycare, and you're trying to move on with your life and you got to go back to work after a loss is really kind of shaken up a family. They offer a variety of different services. They're in New Jersey. They serve as like a model. It's a nonprofit uh, scenario. It's a community type of place. Um, they serve as a model for what I hope will be adopted in other parts of our country. So Google them as well. They're, they're based in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, and we're alive here at 7. It is, right? It's great. Yeah. Great stuff. Fantastic. Um, and we're going to continue in a moment. And we're live here at 730. It's time for the midpoint break. And then I'll be back with Bronson. He could take a, a minute here, collect his thoughts. Uh, episode 48 of Undivided Hope After Loss. We'll be back in a moment. A couple of upcoming show promotions for you. Money Magic. That's Money Magic with Gold Khan. Money Magic Gold Khan is the host. Tuesday, June the 11th, that's 4 p.m. Eastern. As you know, Gold does her show live from London. It's 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. It's all about the ways that money can tend to uh, pervade your life, uh, force you into maybe poor decisions, have you looking at things differently versus what's truly important in life. The whole series is about that. Uh, Gold used to be in the banking and finance industry and has a remarkable story and has remarkable advice for the listeners. So please tune in. That's Money Magic with Golcon, Tuesday, June the 11th, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Erica Wiederlight, that's Erica Wiederlight Show, Mondays, twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live. It's a morning show. Check out wethelight.com. That is her 
website playing our last name, wethelight.com, for more details on Erica's show. And speaking of being the light to those who are in darkness, those who might be struggling from a traumatic loss, from a situation where maybe they had a traumatic injury, maybe it's a back injury or a brain injury, and they're in really in desperate shape and they feel that maybe they can't go on and they thought about harming themselves, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. You matter. There are people there to help you. Every life is important. Every life is created by God with a purpose. So please, whether you're in despair, when you suffered a loss, if you're feeling really down about everything in your life, please call the number. There are professionals there to help you. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Samaritan's Purse, please visit their website, samaritanspurse.org, or call them, 828-262-1980, to help those in desperate need in the developing world. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 48, Hope After Loss with Bronson Bro. We're going to open the phone line, 646-716-9397. That phone number again, 646-716-9397 for a question, comment, concern for Bronson or myself. I also have the email open, undivided show. That's undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. Or for the younger people, which you've done before, you could DM me on Twitter, as they say, DM me, dude. That's at F-M-A-D. URI. So Bronson, we're back here after the mid-show break, and I'm going to monitor and keep monitoring the emails and uh, the phone lines. So thank you for being you know, along with us tonight. Thank you. And as thank we you. talked, about, oh, you're welcome. As we talked in the first segment, the divide segment. How do we bridge the divide now? And I ask this question at this point in the show. Every show. How do we bridge the divide between those who go to a dark place after a loss, those who refrain from, from facing the loss or the traumatic event, so they don't want to deal with it, those who put their head down and drive on, so to speak, which I know people like that, those who refuse to get help to move forward, you know, they know there's a problem, people have identified it, they've maybe identified it, no, I don't need to do that. Right. And those who have navigated a loss or a traumatic event successfully in their life. Yeah. So in these high stress situations, it's important to understand that our behavioral tendencies and our thought processes always default to patterns we know and are common in our own life. And these patterns either serve us in a way that we can grow or we, we regress. So the division is simple, right? I'm going to call um, those who refrain from facing loss and a traumatic event, I'm going to call that group A. So the division is simple. Group A, they cannot navigate their emotions. They refuse to move forward either consciously or by default. And group B, those who have successfully experienced loss and trauma. So I'm going to call it group A and group B. 
So with group A, they cannot make progress because their current behavior and their mindset holds them back. They are not grounded in values and faith in God, to put plainly. This is and typically this is the this is the behavior they know and understand. And unfortunately, they will continue to suffer and they're gonna remain lost. And they run the risk of affecting other areas of their life, like their family, their work, and their friendships. Now, on the other other hand, you have group B. They have surrendered to hope. They have a life of value, and they have a life of faith. They choose, whether consciously or default, to experience the loss and the trauma fully, without judgment. I'm going to quote Kenneth Copeland here, who's one of my favorite writers. He says that hope is the plan that faith carries out. Without it, faith has nothing to do. And from Romans 5, let us also boast in our troubles because we know that trouble produces endurance Endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and this hope will never let us down. And that was Sunday's reading, by the way, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, uh, yeah. So, that was Sunday's <laughs> Yes, it was Sunday's reading from Romans 5. Yeah. Absolutely. And truer words have never been spoken. Amen. Amen. Uh, amen to that. There is definitely credence to that. And what is sad to me about Group A, as, as we're calling it, that has trouble navigating, you know, any of this, uh, facing that loss, staying in the darkness. You know, I went to a, a healing mass on Friday night, and our pastor said, you know, Jesus took all of that to the cross. Every hurt, every pain, every situation you've ever been in, he's, he, he took all that with him. He, he suffered that for you. And I wish other people would be connected with that, because if they knew that, uh, and he did all that for us because he loves us all so much. And if people were more connected with that, there would be a different response to to these situations, you know, of loss. And in and in knowing that, it helps me to move forward, knowing that I don't have to suffer. Because, like you said, he suffered so we didn't have to. So there's a distinction I'm making here. Pain is inevitable, right? But suffering is an option. So we don't have yep. to suffer because it's already it's already all, that price has been paid already. You know, and that's a very powerful belief to have knowing that I can I can navigate my life even in the midst of, of all this trauma or loss. It's a very, very powerful thing. 
It is. Those things have been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And what a powerful statement to make, right? Um, I wanted to ask you about your personal experience. How did you move forward after the cycling accident yourself, if if you would share that with, with the audience? Yeah, I would love to. So just to make it known and just to make it clear to the audience and to you that uh, most of my identity was based around my physical condition. Uh, I've been fit and healthy all of my life. So um, back in 2014, uh, I was in a cycling crash. It was in the, it was in the last 10 minutes of a 60-minute race, uh, and I had been competing in cycling for a number of years by then. So I had a rider hit me, and I hit the pavement at about 28 miles an hour. I tried to pick myself up off the ground, off the pavement, and I just couldn't pick myself up. My right leg wouldn't cooperate. So that's when I knew, like, there's something horribly wrong. And three and a half hours later, because uh, someone drove me home, I refused to go to the hospital in Mississippi. So three and a half hours later, I, I was driven home, being welcomed by my wife and my daughter. And by that evening, I was in the hospital doing x-rays, and then I finally found out that I had a break in my – it's what they call the femoral neck. So it's a, it's a small gap between the head of your femur and your hip bone or your hip socket. So I completely fractured it, and I had a bunch of lacerations everywhere else. But um, So I spent five days in the hospital. I have four screws. I have an implant. Uh, I managed to keep all my all my original parts. It's just I have this big rod that's in place. So uh, I had about 23 staples, and I spent about four months on my back. So everything that I had known up until that point was taken away from me. My physical ability, my cycling that I love very much. I hardly went to work because I was on crutches and I was pretty much bedbound because anything other than laying on my back was painful. So everything was my world was really shaken. Um, I remember asking the doctor and saying, "Hey, when's the next time I could ride my bike and start working out?" And he looked at me and he says, I mean, "You're not doing any of that for a while." And I was like. Is this guy for real? I was thinking like, man, does he know how much I need my physical abilities? Does he know how much what I do for a living? I run a health club. I've got I've got a child. You know, I was a brand new father at the time. So my world, needless to say, my world was pretty much, you know, turned upside down. So with a ton of downtime, I, I pretty much had a ton of time to do some introspection, some soul searching. And it's, I went through all of the emotions, right? Sadness, anger, frustration, you name it. Um, It's not a place I wanted to be, especially when we was at the peak of racing season and everything else. So once I came to terms with the fact 
that my situation wasn't permanent, I, that's the time I really started to feel better. I started to pretty much embrace myself in the moment, in the situation, and just recognize that this too shall pass. And I knew that God would restore me to full health. And I would no longer be someone that's broken. I still had a lot of questions. I didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know how long it would how long before I'd be back on the bike. So and honestly, most of the physical and emotional pain I was feeling during this time, it wasn't from the surgery or the accident. What I found was that I was carrying around so many things from my past in that time, it started to come to the surface because I couldn't distract myself anymore from other things in my life. So all of these things came to the surface and I felt like I was starting from scratch. So it took me, it took me about five months to really start getting into rehab, started cycling again indoors and it took nearly almost eight months before I could experience riding outdoors. So having a belief in something that was bigger than me, larger than life, and, and, and in fact, larger than my situation, gave me a lot of peace. And like I said before, it was only when I realized that it wouldn't la- this would not last. I, I knew that I would make it out okay. And that's when I realized that God was calling me to be an ambassador of faith. And it was it was through this pain that I was feeling I became more aware of my circumstance, how I was living, where I've came to be, and, and mostly who I came to be. So there's a, there's a couple of things I want to note here that really helped me through. I, I have to first say, and I'm going to talk about this later in, in when I talk about my practice, but gratitude and faith were definitely my greatest weapons. And I want to say faith in the same breath as I say hope, because gratitude helped me stay grounded in my present moment and what I had around me and my faith secured my future. I allowed my friends and family to be part of my struggle, and they assisted me tremendously. My wife and my daughter especially fed me. They kept me – they kept encouraging me. They kept loving me and giving me sympathy. So I really started to learn when I stopped complaining – And I started being grateful. That's when I really started to learn. And all of the barriers that were existed before in my life really started to melt away. And it's when I realized that I was fighting to hold on to things that were not permanent and did not give my life any value. It's really when I started to realize 
that life itself is a gift. It's fragile. It's a gift. And I wanted to take a step towards gratitude and be more grateful. And it, and till this day, it's, it's, it's changed my life and I'm, I'm forever grateful and thankful for what had happened. And I'm still racing bicycles and honestly, I'm having more success and I'm having more fun now than I've ever had. It's amazing. I, I, I mean, it's amazing how some of the darkest times can turn things around for you. Yeah. It is. What a wonderful testimony. And thank you for going to that place with, with the audience and, and sharing that experience. Um, there are a couple of questions here that I got from the audience that I'm uh, going oh, through great, here. Great. Um, what, are, what are your suggestions that someone, for someone that's struggling with loss, what should they do? Uh, what steps should they take? And how could they turn their tragedy or loss into a triumph? That's a great question. That's a great question. I want to hold that in space for a moment because I will tackle that question in the, in the next talking point. I want to hold that question there because what I'm going to, what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to talk about is a great source of hope. And I'm going to talk about that for sure. Excellent. Okay. That when people suffer a loss in this next point that we're going to hit, People suffer a loss, they tend to lose perspective on everything. What are some sources of hope for people who have suffered a loss or or a traumatic or tragic event? Yeah, and I want to thank the listener for asking that great question because there is triumph in the midst of all of this. And one of the great sources of hope Okay, is to ask for help, especially if you don't know where to turn. Right. Sometimes, you know, in the midst of all of that, because it comes at such a surprise, we don't know where to turn. And for those who are too ashamed to ask for help. You could always try saying this to someone. You could always say, I'm having trouble navigating my way through this. And I feel stuck. Do you know anyone who, could I, who I could talk to or connect with? Another great way to start and finding hope is to ground yourself in faith and in truth. There is one universal truth that you and I have learned through IPEC that I I adopted and I think about a lot is that the only constant is change. And it's only when we understand that change is the only constant, we can let go and surrender the need for control. And we can allow life to flow as it is. Realizing this helps us to accept change as a normal process of life. Last but not least, 
another source of hope, and you and Paul Silva talked about this, right, is by showing yourself some love and some empathy. Allowing yourself some space to grieve, to mourn, and feel all the emotions that come with it. Because what ends up happening is, is that the more you fight it, the more conflicted it is. The more you surrender, the easier it becomes. By giving yourself time to heal and recover, it's important to know that this takes time and it's a process that really cannot be rushed. Yeah. So thank you for that question. Yes, and uh, for myself personally too, you know, I've shared on the show that you know, coming out of some injuries I sustained from an automobile accident, that gratitude is is really front and center because I'm so grateful now to be able to do a lot of things that I quite honestly took for granted. Um, and and I've shared with some of that on on the show in prior episodes. Uh, but to be able to do what I can do now, you know physically, uh, in a work environment, uh, you know, physically different hobbies that I had prior to, and there's some that I can't do anymore. Uh, it's just the way that things go, but I'm grateful for the things that I still can do. You know, I was playing basketball the other day, the gym, I couldn't do that for a long time. So I used to play basketball every day and not even think about it. And something as small as that, you have a lot more gratitude to be able to do yes. uh, because of what you've been through. Um, we do have another question here. Um, do either of you have concrete suggestions for someone who feels stuck in their grief, especially for someone who is struggling with faith or doesn't know God? How can they change their perspectives? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, that's a great question, right? So, I I would say I would say this to answer this question. I would say learn as much as you can um especially if you're not grounded in a faith per se or in God. I would say learn as much as you can, ask questions. Who is God? Who you, who are you to me? Um and if and it depends what you mean by stuck. Like I said earlier, loss and and tragedy takes time. I still feel the pain from my accident. Okay? So I am not sure that someone can ever forget per se. Um, except I ground myself in being grateful in the little things like being able to walk again, um, being able to ride again, being able to race again, and not having to undergo the knife again as well, because there was a chance that my hip would not survive, uh, the surgery. So, um, gratitude is a great place to start. Um, what around you can you be grateful for? 
that's a great place to start. Yes, the gratitude exercise, the three things, which I've talked about on the show before, you know, three things you're grateful for. Okay, I'm grateful for a, a roof over my head, a, a hot shower, you know, hot coffee, whatever it is. And as you go through the day, maybe those three things change. And I've shared this exercise on the show before, uh, but for those who, who hadn't listened to prior that prior episode, that's what the uh, three things exercise is. Uh, that one of the things that we did uh, at IPEC just for ourselves as we were going through, you know, the days where we were in uh, the mods, as they call them, in our in our intense classroom training, where we had to kind of look at that ourselves and get ourselves grounded in, I'm grateful to be a part of this. I'm grateful maybe for the person sitting next to me, whatever it was. I was always interested in how mine either changed or maybe stayed the same. Uh, maybe I held one from the morning that, that went through to the end of the day. So it was, it's an interesting exercise and it does help to ground you and take you step-by-step step through the day. And it's an easy thing that you can do quickly, uh, maybe on a coffee break or something. Um, for me, it's, it's that people don't feel alone. I feel that, you know, it's hard to talk about faith. It's hard to know where to start, especially if their parents haven't imparted that on them. Um, in, in some different roles in my life, I've been able to talk to people about faith because they've asked me about mine. So I think also being a witness of that faith, you know, I carry around the New Testament in my back pocket at my full-time job. And instead of looking at my phone, you know, I look at the New Testament and then people will ask me, I'm on my break, I'm in the break room. And instead of watching the TV, I'm reading. And, and sometimes, you know, if I look up or something, somebody asks me, oh, where, where are you? you know, in it, and I will share it with them, you know, the scripture. And then they'll come and tell me, wow, that had such a profound effect on my day, because people with faith have hope. I have hope, you know, as I said before, you know, Jesus died for me, and I have the hope of heaven because of that. I have the the hope that, you know, my Savior came, died for me, and as he says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you also will be. And it's incredibly powerful to think about, you know, God preparing a place for us and winning for us eternal life. And, and as Philip says, Master, you know, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. And that's and you know for for those that yeah and for those that feel stuck, right? Gratitude may feel a little weird, right? Uh, I know when I first started practicing it, um, because my mindset, I wasn't grateful um, at the time. That wasn't my mindset. It was it was it was strange for me to write down things that I was grateful for or to recognize the little things. But with consistency and some practice, my attitude and mindset started to shift. And my, my, my mind and my heart started noticing more things that were in front of me rather than thinking about things that I didn't have or that were missing. 
so much of life, and I and I wasn't saying what I said before, and I want to kind of rephrase this in my in my in my okay. mind because I don't want to sound like being preachy to people out there, and I'm not okay. trying to come off as holier. That's not the, that's not the point of what I'm trying to do, but I know the difference because I've been there myself. I've been hopeless, and I've had the hope that comes from my faith, and it's a lot better being on that side of the track than on the other one. And people without faith are often filled with that kind of despair, that kind of hopelessness. You know, my wife and I were watching Chris Stefanik. I've I mentioned him before. I've seen him uh, live, uh, the uh, Catholic speaker. He also has a television show that you can, um, a series that you can stream on Amazon uh, called Dynamic Catholic. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's just a really in- inspiring show about real people uh, in, in real life and people that are out there, he goes to farms, he shows you, you know, people that are working land. It's a really interesting show from a variety of perspectives. We watched his episode where he goes to Haiti and the abject poverty. And I'm someone that knows about Haiti from the work that I've done before mm-hmm. for people that don't know it, they would be absolutely shocked and probably horrified. But the abject poverty that takes place there and the people there are so filled with hope and joy and they're surrounded by poverty. So that perspective is everything. And that's where I think, you know, we're trying to go with this episode and to get people to connect to that. Your perspective is so important when you're dealing with this because you could take a loss in your life and never recover from it. I know people that that's happened to. And they're living yes. 30 years in the That's past. So true. Well, guess what? Life passed you by. You know, that perspective, you have to get locked in on getting yourself back on the path. And that comes with hope. And that hope is very much, you know, linked to having, you know, someone that loves you, someone that cares for you. Like you said, in your life with the people that were surrounding you and your family, your friends, that's so critical at, at, at those points. Uh, I wanted to just ask you, Bronson, if you would, you know, talk about the role of coaching as we wrap up this show tonight. We've got the common ground segment ahead, but the, uh, the point before that is the uh, role of coaching and helping someone find hope. After yeah. Loss. So, um, thank you for letting me introduce uh, my practice. So, at the very heart of what I do. I believe that all real and lasting change begins from within the individual. It's important to note that regardless of the circumstance, right? Regardless if they're having trouble with exercise, regardless if they're having trouble overcoming loss and tragedy, regardless if they're trying to transition their lives into a new position, it doesn't matter. And oftentimes we are our own worst critics. And because we are spiritual beings, we experience the world as we are. So to begin this relationship, I oftentimes use the energy energy leadership index assessment as a launching point for this relationship we've established. And it helps my clients get a glimpse into their perceptions, their attitudes, their behaviors, and their overall capabilities. And I said, it de- and it definitely helps out to put this into perspective 
by basing all of these on seven levels of energy that they can understand. So I help them to move forward by assisting them to express more self-compassion and unconditional love by getting the assistance of someone who is non-judgmental, truly hears them, and is a creative thinker to support them to make their lives more manageable and enjoyable during these struggles. So in this coaching relationship, the habit of compassionately acknowledging and tending to our own perfectly normal human needs and struggles, we begin to naturally start making more rewarding choices. The moment we realize how our thoughts and habits cause us to feel, making healthy choices such as nourishment, getting enough sleep, and speaking kindly to ourselves becomes an almost effortless choice. So this unconditional love I'm talking about, right, that we show ourselves, it creates a profound foundation for health and well-being at the very deepest level, especially when life is stressful and the trauma is present, okay? And there's several benefits to all of this, right? By embracing yourself with unconditional love and empathy, it reduces the impact of loss and trauma, therefore increasing your overall wellness and your immune function, right? So you can be healthier. And it makes it easier to go through daily life. You will get an increase in clarity and you will get less brain fog and confusion, which oftentimes accompanies loss and trauma. So you can make more conscious choices every day. The last thing I want to note here is that this engagement, okay, helps you to meet your own needs. And our sense of strength grows as we see that we don't need to wait for someone else to fulfill it because we ourselves have already fulfilled our need. It's very powerful knowing that everything we need, God has already put it there. And it doesn't need to be searched outside of ourselves. Very powerful. That is very powerful, and that helps people to take that that power back um, for themselves as well. So, you know, we had a couple of audience questions. We're a little bit beyond the point that we usually end. It's for a few minutes, but thank you for staying an extra few minutes. And those questions, I think, are really important. So I thank the audience for those. And um, thank you. The Common Ground is the last uh, segment of our show, and thank you for, for your insight. Um, the first steps in the Common Ground piece, we'd like to give people some first steps, uh, concrete things that they can do, kind of like part of the Aim Smart process for us as, as coaches. What are the first steps that people can take to find hope amid the pain of loss 
in order to move forward in wellness. So I want to reiterate one thing we've talked about earlier, right? Is that trauma and loss, this is all part of life. And it's okay to be in this state of disruption. Now, when it comes when it comes to a place where it's too much to bear alone and you cannot find support with friends or family, I'm here to tell you, and so is Frank, that there are people who are trained and experienced to support you through this. Have courage, surrender, and ask for help. And by asking for help is the first step. Because you've already started the process of healing by just by asking for help. Because this is a form of radical humility and vulnerability. You're, you're stepping into who you are, where you are in the moment. And with practice, it can have amazing results for everyone that's involved. And when you ask for help, we remove the mask from the imposter I talked about earlier, and the loneliness begins to lift. The pressure that you feel to hide begins to fade. And for once, you are free. You're free to embrace the entire spectrum of the human drama, like they say. All the situations that people say are good and bad. And another powerful way that was powerful for me, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again, is to start with thinking about things that you are grateful for. Practicing this daily, and if it takes you several times a day, do it. Because it keeps you focused on what you have instead of what you have lost. It helps to acknowledge the goodness in your life. It helps you to be more optimistic and anabolic. In turn, it decreases the power of the loss and the trauma and the tragedy. And people, in general, people who are grateful, they take better care of themselves. They live healthier lives because they're making better choices daily. And it diminishes the effects of the hopelessness and despair that often accompany loss and trauma, right? Gratitude, asking for help. That's where it starts. Baby, baby steps. That's it. That's it. Thank you for that. And, um, would you like to uh, share with the audience how they can get in touch with you, uh, your practice, um, how they could contact you, you know, especially, you know, I think Bronson's going to resonate with a lot of people uh, this evening. Um, how can they uh, contact you or get in touch with you? And if you have any kind of uh, uh, events or anything going on coming up. Yeah. So I, I would like to invite everyone to add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, Add me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on all social media platforms. I do have a website. If you're curious to learn more about me, 
to learn more about my story. I give much more detail about my accident and how I've overcome it. Uh, my website is www.bronsonbro.com, or you can email me at bronson at bronsonbro.com. I absolutely love one-on-one interaction. I love being connected. I love hearing from you. I want to be there to help. Frank and I are here to help you in any way. So if you are one of those people that are stuck and you don't know how to move on, it's okay. It's okay. Help is here. We are here to guide you. We are here to support you. You are not alone. You are not alone here. Yeah. What a powerful message to the audience tonight. And um, I want to thank you, my friend, for joining me this evening and um, for sharing the experiences of being you know, so open about your own experience and to you know, sharing the faith elements and aspects of this that are so crucial to helping people find hope um, in those circumstances. So thank you so much for your time and your preparedness and your willingness to join the dialogue here at Undivided. I, I'm really blessed and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. I'm, 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 I'm excited I, to share my story. Um, this has just been, uh, it takes me back. It takes me back. I haven't talked about it in a while, but it takes me back to those times. And I'm, I'm happy to share with all of the listeners and be there for them. Please connect. Please get in touch. Um, I hope to do it again, Frank. I appreciate you, man. God bless. God bless you so much. Thank you very much for doing this and um, for being a part of the show tonight and um, and to help you know, give some line of sight to the listeners. And it really was a blessing. Um, so thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you again. What a powerful witness, you know. Bronson's witness and it's so inspiring and, and it, it was great that he was so vulnerable to and for staying an extra few minutes um, I'm going to wrap up the show in a moment as the listeners know I have a, a couple things to do real fast for the network um, some upcoming show promotions again uh, Replenish Me Cordelia for Wednesday June the 12th 7pm Eastern that's a week from tonight live 7 o'clock Life Coach Chat Channel Money Magic, Goal Con, Money Magic, Tuesday, June the 11th. So that's next week, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Erica Wiederlight Show, Mondays, twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live. Check out her website, wethelight.com, for information about Erica's show, excuse me, and her coaching practice. And then finally, Holy Shift, like an energy shift or a shift of a car, Holy Shift, Barb Heenan and Leslie Pachotti, Wednesday, July the 3rd. So it's two weeks from tonight, Wednesday, July the 3rd. But they're a morning show, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Holy Shift, Barb Heenan and Leslie Pachotti, Wednesday, July the 3rd, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. Uh, and that's a great segue. My next show will be in two weeks on July 3rd. I'll get to that in a moment. 
uh, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338, SalvationArmyUS.org, enter your zip code to donate locally, Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104, or www.FoodForThePoor.org, great organization. And then finally, MAP International, 800-225-8550, that's 800-225-8550, or www.MAP.org, as we talked about you know, the poverty in Haiti and some of these places, these organizations help in those areas. So please help. You can bring hope someone that may have none. In the end tonight, be grateful for what you have and not what you've lost. Have the courage to surrender. Know that we're our own best resources. As Bronson was saying, the answers in coaching, we said the answers lie within. We just help you find them. Focus on your strengths. As I had said before, you know, the crisis intervention, when you're in crisis, there's a, there's a time where you're going to turn for help. You're going to be open for it. You're not alone. You've all been there. We can help you navigate through that. We can help you. And, you know, eventually you will help someone else. As I've said on the show before, you know, the, the guy falls in a hole, you know. Uh, he's just calling for help. No one helps him. And his best friend jumps in the hole with him. He said, what are you, crazy? We're both in the hole. But I know the way out. I've been down here before. I know the way. <laughs> I like and, that. And you and I are going to get this together, right? Uh, what happens to us doesn't define us. We're not defined by one thing in our lives. We can help someone else through their own loss or tragedy if, if we've gone through it ourselves. You know, part of that cross that we carry is for that purpose. Look at Steffi's place. I talked about that before. What an example of good that comes out of a tragic event. There's countless stories about 9-11 and about, you know, the terror attacks in Europe and about other things that have happened in this world. You know, the shooting in Las Vegas, heroic people doing heroic things. People that, you know, then suffer tragedies and their life has changed into something completely different that they never thought they would do because they're, they're in a situation where they can do that. You know, we get so stuck in our own, you know, as my grandfather used to say, the six inches in front of your windshield that we lose that perspective. And sometimes we need to stop and have that time. Well, that happens when, like Bronson was saying, you're in bed, you're flat on your back. I was flat on my back after a car accident. I'm looking up at the ceiling. That's, that's all I can do is pray and figure out, what am I going to do with my life now? Where am I going from here? And that's the hope that you have to have, the hope that there is a tomorrow that's even better than today. And by surrendering and asking for help and being grateful for what you have, because there's a lot of people out there that have it a lot worse. That's how we will all live truly undivided together. So my next show will be episode 49, the July 4th special. It's the rebirth of America. It's going to be a recorded show with yours truly as the solo guy there hosting that program on July the 3rd. So that episode will be available on July 3rd. Episode 49 of Undivided, the rebirth of America. I can't wait to share that with the audience as my previous two Fourth of July episodes. It's going to be different, I promise you. And I will leave you with 
you know, some words that happened to me, you know, I played soccer in high school. And I went to camp at Rutgers one summer in Rutgers University in New Jersey. And I still remember to this day, our floor monitor, we had, you know, the players from the team, they stayed in the dorms with us. And our floor monitor in the room that I shared with, with two other guys, a suite that I shared with two or three other guys, was the goalie of the Rutgers soccer team. And he would wake us up every morning banging on the door, you know, at 5.30 a.m. for us to get up to get rolling and start running. And he'd say, it's a brand new day. Whoever you were yesterday, you are not. So if you had a bad day yesterday, you're a different player today. You're a different person today. It's a brand new day. You can write the script today. Every day he'd wake us up with that, and I still remember that. That was years ago. Words to, to think about as we move forward. I'd like to thank the audience for listening tonight. Please check out my practice, frankjmaderycoaching.com. My books are available on Amazon, Reflections on the Passion of Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross, and also my poetry collection. Please check those out if you would. And I will see you guys all in a couple of weeks. I want to thank all those who listeners who participated tonight and for participating in this show and leaving a legacy that we can overcome you know, the losses and the tragedies in our lives. And that's what's going to shape our lives. This has been episode number 48 of Undivided Hope After Loss. I'd like to thank Bronson Brofer for joining us tonight. I would like to thank Russ Terry uh, for Russ Terry and for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts at the Life Coach Radio Network. Until I see you all again for episode 49 on July 3rd, The Rebirth of America. As always, be blessed and be well.